Hello. Today is October 10th. My name is Ned, and these are my five things. Woohoo! It's baseball playoffs! Number one, the Major League Baseball Playoffs. I'm recording this at 10.45 on Friday morning, the 10th, the 7th of the 10th month. Major League Baseball Playoffs start in 75 minutes, and I am really excited about this. I have a bracket picked, and these are going to be my picks for baseball playoffs this year um the wild card winners are going to be in the american league cleveland the guardians and the seattle mariners they are going to beat hold for a second i'm I'm not fully prepared for this today they are going to beat the tampa bay devilfish sorry rays and the toronto blue jays uh Seattle is an upset victory. In the division series, we have the Yankees beating the Guardians and the Astros of Houston beating the Mariners, which is going to be a tough matchup in the Hermanson-Lambert household. In the ALCS, the championship series, I have the Houston Astros beating the New York Yankees. On the National League side, we have these in the wild card. We have the St. Louis Cardinals beating the Philadelphia Phillies. I want the Phillies to win. I think St. Louis is going to do it. And we have your New York Mets beating the San Diego Padres, probably in two games. In the division series, we have the Atlanta Braves beating the St. Louis Cardinals. I use the Braves name there because it's appropriate but that doesn't mean it's not a slur. That is the name of the team, and I hate it. And we have the Los Angeles Dodgers playing the New York Mets with the Mets winning. I think that's going to go the full distance. In the National League Championship Series, we have the Mets beating the Atlanta team with the Mets beating the Houston Astros in the World Series to take glory for the first time since 1986 to drink from the cup of glory, to eat all the finest in meats and cheeses in the land. It's going to be wonderful. I have a number of friends right now, uh, nine who are in a bracket with me, but I will be victorious. Uh, we have a nice mix between Mets and Dodgers and Yankees winning the World Series, but the Mets are gonna do it because Something has to go well for me. Number two, Mary Lambert at Lark Hall. Mary Lambert is a pop star. You may know her from her award-winning collaboration with Macklemore, Same Love, or her infectious, more on infectious later, song, Secrets. She was supported on this tour by Aisha Burns, who plays an ethereal type of folk music that I found delightful. I strongly suggest that you check out Aisha's album, Arganada, wherever you listen to music. 
I purchased it because it meant that much to me. Back to Mary. Mary put on such a fun show in a, such a great venue. Um, I saw Lark, I saw Bob Mold at Lark Hall a couple of months ago, and it was great. But this was different. Uh, Mary's banter with the crowd was fabulous. Her banter with her partner Wyatt, who happens to be one of my great friends, was delightful. I laughed. I also cried. Given that this is the Crying in the Northeast tour, that was to be expected. But I don't generally cry at shows. What made me cry was how happy Mary and Wyatt were together. They played together. They bantered together. If you're interested in their banter, their podcast, The Manic Episodes, is available wherever you listen to your podcast. I will put a link up in the episode description. But let's talk about virality for a second. I don't often get songs that I don't love stuck in my head. Uh, but Mary got two songs stuck in my head. And not just mine, but Lori's as well. First of all, she did a cover of Jules' You Were Meant For Me. And um, it wasn't just the chorus that got stuck in my head. It was the lyrics, which, oh, thinking about it, is going to get these things stuck in my head. But... She also did her own song, Secrets, to close the show. And while Loria and I were in Queens over the weekend, it would just pop into our head. And we would say the lyrics back and forth to each other. It was, it would be infuriating if it wasn't so funny. And I had to share this with Wyatt and Mary, that they, they had infected our brains. White and Mary are getting married in a couple of weeks and it's going to make them so happy and it makes me so happy to see them so happy. And I was both embarrassed and delighted to get a shout out from the stage. I strongly suggest you buy all of Mary's albums and buy Aisha Burns' album and check them out on YouTube and listen to the Manic Episodes podcast. It's definitely, well... Would you love me if I were 10 spiders? Number three, reboot on Hulu. I have made my love for Rachel Bloom and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend well known. Judy Greer is one of my favorite parts of Arrested Development, as well as Archer. Paul Reiser, Mad About You, classic. I don't know a lot about Johnny Knoxville. I know he's the jackass guy. But I do know that Keegan-Michael Key shines in whatever he's in. Take them all, put them in a show about an early 2000s family sitcom rebooted 
as an edgy or edgier single camera sitcom for 2022 on Hulu. The premise is very inside baseball, but the cast and characters are so good and so funny and so sickly dysfunctional related to the characters they're playing on screen that it just works. Rachel Bloom is fabulous. She's just so good. But everyone is just so good. There has not been a bad performance through the first five episodes. And that's amazing. I am so very impressed with Johnny Knoxville. I knew he could act. I knew a large part of Jackass was acting. But he's really, really good in this. The writing's smart. The writing's funny. It talks about the television that we loved then and the television that we love now in a way that makes it approachable while making it interesting. Shows about writer's rooms always appeal to me. 30 Rock is one of my favorite situation comedies, workplace comedies of all time. And Reboot has a lot of those same vibes. It's as wacky and just as smart and addresses issues of race and sexuality so much better. I think that if you have time to add another series to your busy, busy television schedule, that you add Reboot on Hulu. Number four, the inexplicable Times Union coverage of the comings and goings of newsreaders. I live in Albany, New York. The local major daily paper is the Albany Times Union. The Times Union is a very good regional newspaper. They are award-winning, they're hard-working. They educate and infuriate me in equal measures, which means they're doing their job. I have some quibbles on certain things. I, but largely the Times Union is a great newspaper. But every day, that's not quite true, almost every day, there is an article that pops up about the comings and goings of the local staff at the television and radio stations in the area. Like there's a beat dedicated to where the newsreaders are going and or who's coming in. or And I don't get it. Maybe it's because I don't watch the local news, so I don't care. Maybe because Albany for a long time has been a market that is a stepping stone to bigger and better things. But I don't 
forget that every so often there will be an article saying that so-and-so is leaving WNYT to, pr to pursue other interests. And then there's an article about it. They don't cover other local businesses and the comings and goings that way. Heck, the sports page doesn't cover the Major League Baseball or NFL trade deadlines like that. So why? I don't understand. It's inexplicable. However, I do think that you should subscribe to the Times Union or your local paper. Because local journalism is important. That being said, if you do subscribe to your local paper, do they have someone who covers the comings and goings of people in the news media? Because that's just... That's just occupational awe. Number five, yeah, yeah, yeahs at Forest Hill Stadium. This past weekend, Lori and I went to Queens to see the yeah, yeah, yeahs at Forest Hill Stadium. It was the opening show of their Cool It Down tour, their first tour in a long time, supporting the release of their first album in a long time. Cool It Down is an excellent and difficult album. I really think you should listen to it before this podcast starts, but eh, do what you want. You're going to do what you want. Anyway, moving on. It was such a fun show. The Linda Lindas and Japanese Breakfast opened up for EAAS. And let's take a few seconds to talk about them. If you don't know about the Linda Lindas, they are a girl group. Uh, that's not being dismissive. They are a group made up of young women who play hard rock and punk. And by young, they run from 18 to 14. And to the best of my knowledge, they're all women of color. They are awesome. They're adorable. And I know that calling them adorable might be diminishing them, but I mean it in the best possible way. They're, they're great. They're cute. They're having fun. They're performed in wearing vintage leisure suits. They were smart and political, and it was great. Japanese Breakfast was the middle act, and I don't like Japanese Breakfast. The last album just didn't do it for me. It was recommended by a friend, and I bought it without listening to it, and it's not the type of pop music that Ned likes. But they performed with so much energy, and they had the crowd with them, and I couldn't help but love it. 
I mean, live music is so great, and seeing a band that you don't like live can be invigorating. And then we get to the main act, the AAS. It was breathtaking. This was not the first time that I'd seen them, but it was the first time I'd seen them in 14 years because they hadn't toured. And leading off with the opening track from Cool It Down, Spitting Off the Edge of the World, all the way to Closing with Knives, it was... There was not a chance to leave your seat and go use the restroom or grab a beer. It was that good. And it was the most excited that I've been about a concert in a while. I mean, I loved seeing LCD Sound System last year, and Genesis fulfilled a bucket list thing. But this was a little bit different. It hit a little bit differently, as the kids say. I don't know what I can say about it. Earlier in the episode, I said that I don't cry that much at concerts. But the six-minute version of Maps that they they did, where Karen O expressed her love for her bandmates, her love for her opening acts, how amazed she was to be in New York. This was the biggest crowd they played for in New York. It had only taken them 22 years. It was such a wonderful way to kick off a tour, and Maps made me cry. The crowd singing along with Maps, with Heads Will Roll, with... It was... It was a special show, and I had a great time. I hope that as going back to concerts becomes a thing that we do, that you have an experience like this soon. And those were my five things. Thank you so very much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to it on your platform of choice. If you are an Apple podcast user, please give me five stars and write a review. It really helps. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please reach out to me at www.ewabbott.com. That's E-W-A-B-B-O-T-T. You can find links to all my socials at the aforementioned website. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Be well, be safe, be happy, and let's go Mets. <laughs>